Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the American Made and Paid show. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us today. We've got a lot that we want to cover as usual, but like I said, it is a beautiful Monday morning here in Arizona. It's May 20th, 2019, and uh, we got a lot that we want to talk about. You know, with the whole Roe v. Wade being threatened and abortion bills, we talked about that extensively last week, but this week we want to talk a little bit about slavery. We want to talk a little bit about our uh, country's history because for a lot of Democrat presidential candidates like Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and recently now, Pete Buttigieg, one of the big things that Democrats are always pushing for are always going to be diversity and all that kind of stuff, even though their history is that that is entrenched in slavery. But interestingly enough, presidential candidates like Pete Buttigieg actually recently spoke about a desire to actually erase Thomas Jefferson from history because of the fact that these guys were slaveholders and, you know, wanting to talk about even censoring our country's history. This kind of reminds me of that whole thing with Simone Sanders talking about removing Confederate statues from Charlottesville, right? And the whole point of those big riots that happened at that time a couple years ago in August was because people were protesting the removal of Confederate statues. What I want to get at in today's show is people's history of slavery, especially people on the left and how skewed their knowledge is with history. You know, now when it comes down to the founding fathers, because my opening statement for this is that the founding fathers always wanted slavery to be abolished. That's why you had the Northwest Ordinance. That's why you had some of these laws in the North that actually deemed slavery illegal. But because America was still tied under Britain's rule, the whole prospect of independence from Britain was also a movement towards good, which was liberating the slaves, which they all inherently knew was wrong. But they couldn't just do it right away because of economics. They couldn't just do it right away because of politics, right? So, I mean, that's the, the thing here is that people are using slavery. Like Kamala Harris has talked about, it's like, oh, slavery. And, you know, white people are to blame for slavery. When in reality, our country's history is a little bit more convoluted than that and the founding fathers had good intent you know because that's i don't know what are your thoughts on that that's always the argument that's made towards our country's founders (laughs) well okay first and foremost the founding fathers literally had and i really mean this literally not it's not a metaphor yeah but they had nothing to do with slavery they really didn't. It's not like they founded this country like, hey, we're going to make everybody slaves. Right. If that was their intent. They would have enslaved the Indians. <laughs> they seriously. Like, yeah. America. So they didn't do that. Slavery was, I mean, that, look, slavery was a product of what happened in Africa. You know, and. And, and the Middle East. Yeah, well, basically the, you know, 
specifically the blacks sold their own people to whoever they wanted to sell them to that had nothing to do with thomas jefferson so because of that that's where it ends for me (laughs) it it literally means nothing so pete beater judge is just again he's making things up so he doesn't have to deal with the issues of today right like what's a big issue that everybody's talking about that people want to conflate with slavery and, and the funny thing is people like him will never talk about actually like if he's an advocate for this right he would never actually talk about reparations because he does not want to be solely responsible for it right they always use this rhetoric of like oh well white people are bad but the people that push that the most never do anything about it so i wanted to hear your thoughts on that because where i I disagree with you a little bit professor drag even though we've talked about it a lot is reparations because only really five percent of white americans can actually trace themselves to being from slave owners just like consequently the majority of black people or people who are enslaved in this country are also a very small minority so I mean, the reparations you talk about are not for slavery, right? They're for Jim Crow. Is that the, the clear thing? Yeah, that would be, uh, well, basically, it's not even for Jim Crow. It's literally, and I, and I really mean this literally, It's because Jim Crow would be, uh, like, when you say something like reparations owed for all the Jim Crow laws, yeah, that would be, uh, that's metaphorically. Okay. But, but literally... It's because of what the IRS did to black people, which was stole all their money through unfair taxation. Sure. They were uh, unfair, not unfairly. They were taxed at rates of 90, like 91%. Right. <clears throat> and it only applied to black people. And yeah, I forgot that one white dude, but you know, some white guy that was a, a very famous celebrity, like an actor and, uh, or a singer, something like that. But either way, so throughout history, yeah, that's why the IRS I mean, was implemented way back in 1913. It, it was their form of redistribution of wealth. So huh. in 1913, that is exactly what happened. They redistributed the wealth from blacks to whites. So they funded, you know, like their version of the VA, mm. which was totally funded through 100% black taxation. And uh, so, yeah, reparations owed from that because they stole the capital to fund social programs, which in theory should have been unconstitutional, but nobody ever challenged it. It was well. Un- this was also because FDR controlled everyone at that point. Well, this was actually, no, 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 this was this was under Wilson in oh, 19 19- Wilson. Yeah, the first yeah. wave of progressives so in yeah. 1913 when he became president. One of the first things he did was create the Federal Reserve and he created the IRS. Mm-hmm. And he created both programs to figure out ways to take money out of black people's hands and into social programs to redistribute the wealth. And that's where it all comes from when Obama says, oh, we got to redistribute wealth. He got it from Woodrow Wilson. Right. And that's how it was done. Uh, and that's why reparations are owed. Because we don't need minimum wage. We don't need, which is also started in 1913, minimum wage. But all of that, we don't need it. 
we need our money back from being unfairly taxed. So think of it as a, this reparations you speak of is not necessarily because of racism or prejudice, but because you were taxed like crazy. So think of it like one big giant tax refund. Well, see, Woodrow Wilson did it because of racism. He figured nobody's gonna, and it's true, nobody fought for, like, I I don't know why this happened, but, and maybe it's because, um, Blacks are so complacent, you know, it's like they were sold into slavery by their own people, their own people, which were the Americans, uh, you know, and that at this point in time, Democrats were unfairly taxing them and nobody ever challenged us in court, right. not one person. And that's the only way it could have been stopped was through the courts. I bet you money if anybody challenged what the leadership were, were doing. And again, this is also one of the negatives of being Christian. (laughs) Because blacks at that time were highly Christian. Right. And, you know, I don't know if this is turning the other cheek or some kind of form of the Bible, like, you know, render unto Caesar, whatever, taxes, whatever. I don't know the quotes. But for whatever reasons, black people never challenged the IRS, the Federal Reserve, or minimum wage, or any of that. Not one person ever legally challenged what the government was doing. They just accepted it as, hey, you know, so, but either way, I mean, but because, yeah, I I honestly don't believe that they utilized the court system. Uh, Because even in the 1800s, in the 1870s, 1880s, when uh, the very first monopoly case was tried, it wasn't a black person who who actually fought that case. It was a white company mm-hmm. that organized a lot of, who had a lot of black, um, who had a lot of black, um, like contractors. And uh, anyway, so, and then that's how they won, you know, and that's when the Supreme Court actually favored them and for black people, but it was a white company that did it on their behalf. So, so you it know, really I mean, wasn't working in their best interest. Well, no, blacks just never took anything to court. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Apex Hosiery, even though all the employees were black, the company was actually white. They're the ones that took it to court. And they right. also lost because of lack of diversity. And that, that, but that's my point. My point of telling you these case laws isn't to say, oh, you know, blah, 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 about you know how blacks were affected by courts but Uh black people themselves never took it to court and and i don't know why that was but at that time period blacks never took anything to court and maybe it's because um they didn't know about it or because there were lawsuits but it was it wasn't like class action it wasn't anything where a lot of it will affect a lot of people you know, when a black person took somebody to court, it was just like on an individual basis and, and whatnot. And, and they never really thought beyond themselves. So on that note, you know, I, I would assume a white person would say, oh, reparations. No, because they should have fought it in court way back then. But for whatever reason, that wasn't their thing. And I believe it. And I don't have facts. This is more of an opinion that their spiritual beliefs didn't take them didn't allow them to take it to court because right. god would would uh take care of it in the end 
Yeah. I, I, you know what? You're, that's, that's a good theory because here's the thing. You're right about sometimes in the Christian faith, like we don't fight even if it's an injustice that's done against you. And I think that that is where they might have been a little bit more. It's funny because contrast the black community then to the black community now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, all, all of them are unreligious. You know, like they don't, I mean, most blacks aren't religious people and they're quick to sue. And they're quick they to sue. That's what I'm saying. So the, the irony here is somehow without religion, well, here's the thing. Then if you don't have God, then you're just after money. Think about it. Like if you don't have God, then it's just, okay, now I got to live for, what am I going to live? What are, the, what are the worldly pursuits I'm, I'm living for? Which is, you know, money, sex, drugs, you know, whatever no, it may that's be. That's what black people do at this point in time. It's crazy. They're the ones pulling up. I mean, because look, everybody, I, I know it, you know it. Insurance is a scam. So black people have no problem scamming the scammers as they say, they justify it. So, yeah. you know, they're the, I mean, Jesus, I know so many people who fake their own car accidents and, and walk away with like six grand, seven grand in their pocket. Oh, yeah. Little insurance. Like, I, I knew people that would fake getting hurt at work just to collect a, a you know, a worker's comp check. And it's just like, and, and they, they pay you, not just for lost hours, but they pay you for your so-called injuries. So yeah, it's just no, like, and that's, what, it's that's awesome. how it works. But see, but here's the thing. So what Peter Judge is doing is making up something. So right. why is he talking about Thomas Jefferson? Look, everybody knows Thomas Jefferson had, Thomas Jefferson had nothing to do with slavery. He didn't. Yeah. He had nothing to do with it. And, and, you know, and if anything, he was closer to a Democrat than he was to modern Republican or, or belief. Sure. So, so trying to erase Thomas Jefferson's just foolishness. But why is he doing it? Okay, so a big topic right now would be Amazon. Mm. What's Amazon doing? Amazon is being accused of having slaves <laughs> you're oh, like what? man the things that people will just point fingers to you know no but seriously he's peter judge is pointing to amazon to having slave wages just like walmart oh walmart's this walmart's that so here's even the, though they're advocates of a 15 dollar minimum wage well yeah but but this is what amazon's doing now so amazon is offering their you know, minimum wage employees or just all their employees, they're saying to quit. And if they quit Amazon, they'll give you 10 grand, three months salary and a Amazon car so you can drive their packages. And everybody's saying, oh, that's terrible. Amazon shouldn't be doing that. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? They're giving you money to start your own business? And well, cool. here's the thing. Yeah. Peter Judge is against that. Andrew Yang is against that. Why? Because what they believe is this, that when you make a person an independent contractor, they're just doing that to save money. You know what I mean? And then the worker is now going to be liable for everything. But then at the same time, but then what's is totally false because, oh, if you don't have workers comp, you're going to be screwed. What do you mean if you don't have workers comp? Workers comp doesn't pay out anything. Everybody knows this. If you're seriously injured on the job and you're going to rely on workers comp, you're screwed. 
Now, the other argument would be, oh, you're not going to get unemployment insurance. Yeah, if you get fired, seriously, unemployment is not going to help you at all. It's a myth. Oh, yeah, well, you get a check for like 500 bucks. That's better than nothing. No, it's not. <laughs> it's nope. Nothing. It's literally, that's like wipe your ass money. That's nothing. You're not going to do anything with that money. Just, you know, just like that $1,500 UBI. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Yang and Pete Buttigieg right, are attacking corporations like this because here's the consensus here, even though Pete Buttigieg won't actually say this. Andrew Yang's big thing is because mm. jobs are being lost to automation, even though there are job shortages, but he constantly plays that. But here's the, here's the thing, and this is where the independent thought aspect comes in because this is my theory. Jobs being lost to automation, right? So what there at no point did I really hear this in Andrew Yang, and I could be wrong about this. But or when he Peter says Bed. we're yeah, yeah, when he says we're losing jobs to automation, which is why my advocacy, my platform of universal basic income will actually incentivize people to work and it'll take care of them and all that kind of stuff. At no point, at no point am I hearing how we are forced to to innovate. Because automation is not job short like people think if jobs are being lost to automation then there must be job shortages right people immediately think that but anybody with a brain and andrew yang is smarter than this but he, he's a fraud so he's running on this right if you truly know how innovation works job automation is one way of alleviating perhaps labor but that would just mean that you would have to become more innovative and, and the marketplace gets more sophisticated so you can create more jobs, right? And look at what like Elon Musk is doing, right? Look at what Tesla is doing. The problem here is that maybe like, and this, this ties in beautifully with your whole education reform and you got to have everybody back in trades because there's shortages in manufacturing. So the, him running on the fact that job shortages are a thing, which is why we need a UBI, is completely false. And in fact, it's got nothing to do with jobs being lost to automation. Jobs being lost to automation is because of innovation. But at the same time, you can train people within their trades as opposed to just giving them $1,000 a month to do what with? Oh yeah, buy drugs and cocaine. That, that, that's all people are gonna do with it. And, but but here's, the, here's the bigger thing that I want our listeners to understand. If you gave every American over 18 $1,000 a month, what does that do to people in the long run? It makes them lazy. It turns them into drones. They give up their rights. Everything goes back to that. They give up oh, their no. rights. Uh, uh, you know what's going to happen? They're all going to take that $1,000, go to their local city college and learn how to be mechanics and, and, and run. And, and they're going to somehow, some way, learn how to fix automated self-driving cars. <laughs> that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Well, that, that's the good. <laughs> that would be the good thing. That was thing. a joke. Come on. No, no, no. But that, that, that is actually, if, if that was the instruction for the stipend, like if your stipend was only for that, fine. But here's the no, thing. But there is no instruction for that. No one's, even, if, look, I guarantee I know, you, I they're, they're going to get around it. They're going to get around it by saying, just like how they get around insurance. Yeah, they were mandated to get insurance, but guess what? They figured out a way to scam it because they'll figure out a way. That's what broke people do when you got a broke ass mental uh, mentality that's what you do because you're broke ass it, that's, and people that's literally your name people broke are going to start ass. businesses on how they can draw more ubi from the government they're going to teach people how to do that but see but okay so let's go back to this whole how everybody believes 
that Amazon is is literally trying to make willing slaves out of their employees. But the thing is like this. If they believe in UBI, then they should believe in what Amazon is offering because it's three months of their salary. Let's say, I don't know how much minimum wage is, but I'm assuming it has to be over two grand. Like let's say 2,500. That's not a bad salary. Yeah. For minimum wage, I don't know if it's $15 an hour. I'm pretty sure that's, I don't know off the top of my head, but let's just say two grand. Yeah. So you get $16,000. That's more than what Andrew Yang is proposing for his UBI. So if, if Amazon has given you 16 grand to start your own delivery company service or whatever, yeah. why not take it? Because you don't have to deliver for Amazon. You can literally deliver for anybody. You can go to your local flower shop and go deliver for them. You don't need a car. You can go on a bicycle and deliver. With that, like seriously, you can buy a pimp-ass bike. <laughs> you can. You can. You could deliver on a bicycle. And guess what? You don't need to buy auto insurance when you have a bicycle. Mm-hmm. So you could take that sixteen free thousand dollars. Forget about a severance check or nothing like that. For what? You don't need it. Yeah. You don't need insurance. You don't need any of that stuff. All you have to do is take that 16 grand, be smart and start your own delivery company and say F you to Amazon. You don't need to deliver packages for Amazon. You don't. You could deliver for anybody else, for restaurants, for anybody. And you could have free 16 grand and do that. Because think about it. Everybody's in delivery. That's This is the whole point of innovation, what you're talking about. These people don't get it. You know, Peter uh, Buterjudge is trying to say, oh, let's, let's, um, let's get rid of Thomas Jefferson. In one hand, that's what he's saying. But when nobody's looking, he's trying to undercut Amazon, trying to take away that 16 grand. They're trying to give their employees to quit their jobs. Right. Literally, if, if you quit Amazon, they'll give you 16 grand to start your own delivery service that's better than uh whatchamacallit that's what's that company uber because uber is not like that so you could set your own prices you know you can compete with literally you can compete with ups and and fedex (laughs) you really can you could charge a dollar less and they have versions of that right with like doordash and all that kind of stuff but that's mainly for like food deliveries but here's the deal You could, that's, you're absolutely right. And that flower companies. Yeah. Yeah. 1-800-Flowers, you could deliver for them. You could do like, there's a lot of companies that honestly do like, you can work for eBay, you know, like you you could make a deal with some eBay people and say, Hey, look, I will deliver for you and I'll beat the price of whatever and whatever. And you can literally do that. But Amazon, uh, they might have, you know, even if their intentions were bad, like, oh, we just want to save money, which is what they want to do. They want to save money in the long run because they're going to have to fire everybody anyway. And if they do have self-delivering cars and use drones, you're going to lose your job. So take the 16 grand because unemployment, because here's the thing, unemployment is bad because they pay you, let's say $500 a month. What's better to have $500 a month over a period of time 
or 16 grand up front to do something with yourself. 16 grand up front, always. And that is why reparations <laughs> is beautiful because that's the whole point of reparations. Reparations is money owed to you. Welfare is money owed to you. But they break it down over, it's like, you know what? We acknowledge we stole all this money from you. So instead of giving it back, what we'll do is we'll make monthly payments to you in the form of EBT and call ourselves good. Oh, we're good people. We're looking out for the poor black people. So let's give them food stamps because they're historically disadvantaged. And the truth is they weren't. Slavery, yeah, it was a tragedy. But they were never denied an education. They weren't. And I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was Ben Carson or Sowell. But somebody once said that, that, you know, that slavery was actually a good thing because they had a, a, a monopoly on education. Mm -hmm. And then somebody goes, how dare you say it was a good thing? And, I, and he, retra he backtracked it. You know, whoever said it backtracked it because they're like, no, like being forced against your will is always bad. And it's true, it is. But at the same time, there's always a positive in every situation. And that positive was that they were a monopoly in agriculture and mechanical. And, you know, that's the thing. I think why a lot of pushes for keeping slaves on the plantation was solely for the, the reason of also making sure that they weren't aware of that. That's what the South wanted because a lot of the agriculture with, uh, especially cotton, right? It's all solely dependent on black slaves or actually slaves in general. Yeah. So it's not that people didn't want to abolish slavery for a moral reason, but at the time when your United States were just colonies and they were trying to create their own economy, and this is what Thomas Sowell says in his book, right? Your country would fall apart. Your, your, your states would secede immediately and you wouldn't even have the strength to be able to overcome the obstacle, which is Great Britain. Seriously, that Thomas Jefferson wrote about this. It's like, it's not the right time right now because if I try to abolish slavery, which is what they wanted, dude, all your southern states would, would just leave. You know what I mean? You have <laughs> that's no true. So, that's and that, how that's, they got California. Exactly. And, and people, so people need to understand that this whole aspect of like, it's not as simple as cut and dry because here's the thing. Would you have rather lost that for just the, the proponent of a moral cause in the moment and then lost the war all entirely? See, but the question rule. Well, see, here's the question everybody needs to ask. Why? It's always the why. And the why is this. The reason why they couldn't abolish slavery is because the white people did not have the knowledge to take over the agriculture, gins, the cotton gins, mechanical yeah. engineering at that time, which is why it's called Texas A&M, agriculture and mechanical, Florida A&M, agriculture and mechanical. Those were the universities founded based on the fact that slavery ended. If it wasn't for the end of slavery, there would be no A&M schools. That's just a reality. That, that's a fact. And the fact was, White people knew nothing about it. It was the black people. And Jefferson knew that. Everybody knew that. Mm. But the problem was, you know, could they trust a black person? 
you know, with, with uh, but it's, it's the truth. It's like, are they going to revolt? Or are they going to, you know, kill us? What's going to happen if we end slavery? <laughs> what are they going to do? Go back yeah. to Africa? We don't know. So, you know, it's, it's rehashing slavery is just real stupidity because it ended. We had our heyday. We made our money. We showed what we can do. And everything from slavery already ended. We already were, uh, look, we had our money. Like, what did nothing, we were already paid for whatever happened after slavery. But we were never paid for what happened by the IRS and administrative policies. Right, right. You know, like, where's, they, and to this day, they keep stealing our money. And, and but now, instead of just going after blacks, they went after Asians, Hispanics, anybody, like poor white people. Anybody living in, in the ghetto is now a victim of administrative policies. There is no constitution, uh, there is no constitutional um, a remedy for this. Nowhere in the constitution does it say we get to fight administrative policies because the Supreme Court already gave the government the power to use, you know, administrative policies to carry out laws. And that's the problem. It's, there is no recourse for this. And um, but we, I think I think progressives actually know that, but they use of slavery. They, know it. <laughs> they, sla- they use slavery as a crutch because it's a good way to empathize with that. Because I think a lot of people have been falsely led into the idea that taxation is necessary and taxation at current rates, right? Because here's the deal: when we think about the IRS and everything, it's hard to just say, "Well, the IRS was not just a weapon established for." progressives to go after their political opponents but it was to tax like crazy out of these minority groups okay see, but here's the thing you could honestly fight being taxed but you cannot fight the administrative process so if they're going to charge you a fee you can't fight that fee because that fee is necessary to carry out the administration's policies mm-hmm. so and that's why like when they say uh fees and taxes it's kind of like because i found this interesting (laughs) but there's you know like in church there's tithes and offerings (laughs) those are two different things you know what i mean but it's kind of like it's like the government is a bastardization of of biblical stuff so there's taxes fees and penalties right and you know you can fight taxes but you can't fight the penalties and you can't fight the fees (laughs) because of the administrative process so and that's where they get you so for example you're in a a city uh the police stop you for whatever reasons you know let's say you have tinted windows they pull you over yeah you can pay zero dollars on the tinted windows you can get it fixed. You can say my windows are rolled down so these cops don't know what they're talking about. Okay, the judge agrees with you. But they're going to still, you still have to pay fees for the court actions. Mm-hmm. So all that time for the courts or, or to process this, to process that, they will charge you. Even if you're found not guilty, you still have to pay fees. 
Right. That's a tax because you didn't ask to go to court. But then they're assessing all of these extra costs for you being there. And that's, come on, that's, that's a bunch of BS. And you cannot fight that. Where are you going to go? Who's going to take this up and take this to the Supreme Court saying that the counties or the state, depending on your court, they're assessing people way too much money so they can get paid. Mm. And that's what judges, you know, why are they assessing these penalties or fees, administrative costs? Because that's how they make, a, that's how they make money. Right. Because obviously they can't, there's not enough money in taxes to fund a judge's salary and all the courts, uh, you know, all these people, like whether it's the public defender, the DA, whoever, all of these people in courts, it's a huge industry. Mm-hmm. And who's going to fund it? There's not enough money in taxes. So what do they do? They, they also have administrative costs added to these penalties. So if you use the courts, you're going to pay a lot in administrative fees. And this whole notion of administrative process, the administrative government, they're all unelected. They're just bureaucrats Mm -hmm. looking to make money. And because the government doesn't generate revenue, you know, because what does the government sell to make money? It's not a business. No, it's taxation. Yeah, it's taxes. And when there's not enough taxes, they have to get money some other way. And the other ways they do it, like in court, is through the administrative process. You cannot fight that. Hmm. Just like you can't fight, you know, if a city says it's going to cost you $60,000 for a septic tank um, permit, (laughs) what are you going to do if you want to live in that city? You got to pay for it. Yeah. But if you're smart and you know to buy unincorporated areas, then the county takes over and the county fees are always cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding you. Like in San Jose, uh, you could buy an unincorporated San Jose, right? It's unincorporated, so it's really not a part of San Jose. So you could buy land there and you could pay like $5,000 for your septic tank needs, or you could pay 60,000, you know, by living in incorporated San Jose, incorporated San Jose. So a smart person knows to buy in unincorporated areas because the fees are always cheaper, always Mm. cheaper. But, you know, on the negative side, you don't get the protection of San Jose police. (laughs) Come on. You know what I mean? It's like such it's such BS. You don't need a police department. If someone breaks into your house, guess what? They'll be looking in a pain of hurt if they ever come on my property. I don't need the cops. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, And thank God the cops won't come when somebody calls. It'll be the sheriff. It's going to be some fat, lazy guy. He's going to be too lazy to go up to this property or wherever you buy. But, you you know, this whole thing about Thomas Jefferson, it's a bunch of nothing. And every time we entertain that, it takes away from what we really need to focus on. Like Amazon should be really giving everybody 16,000 to quit so they can do something else. So what what do you... What do you say to people like Larry Elder or whatever who are advoc- who don't advocate for any kind of reparation whatsoever, even if it's justified? I mean, his his story is pretty profound, right? Because it's it's all about hard work and all that. And this is where people who 
don't see it differently or are thinking like, eh, we don't need reparations. You know, white people are not to blame. See, because, and this is the, uh, what Larry Elders and probably even my, even the guys I really respect, like, like Thomas Sowell or, or Ben Carson, I bet you money they don't believe in reparations either. Mm-hmm. Here's what these guys don't know. They don't know their history. They honestly do not know that the IRS was doing this to people. They don't know. They just accepted that they came from something poor. And because here's, here's the thing, like with Ben Carson's mom, Ben Carson's mom had a third grade education. Right. She didn't know anything. And somehow, some way she did what she did for, oh, there's no milk. <laughs> Hi, counselor. <laughs> <laughs> way to interrupt the flow there but <laughs> the counselor didn't say hi is she mad no 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 she just laughed and you know no it's you don't want to you know it's it in theory it's unprofessional what we're doing right now but it's funny because i'm watching her do this stuff and i'm thinking there's no milk <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh but going back to ben carson and his mom I don't know how she did it. Yeah. But the theory is she did it all by herself, which is great. But the thing is like this. We don't know Ben Carson's mother's history. We don't know how the government stole her money in the first place. How was she denied anything? Right. You know what I mean? Or me? Yeah. Uh, Maybe she knew how to read. Just again like education i mean you hate to say things like this because we want to believe that we're so much better than our past but an education i mean if you look back in something 100 years ago and uh-huh. the requirements that these kids had to know in the third grade fourth grade fifth grade was phenomenal right you know a lot about civics geography you know, it, it was insane. Like the stuff that they were learning was way more than what our kids are learning today. So, you know, a third grade education, according to Ben Carson, is probably equivalent to like an eighth grade education in today's time. I would so, say so. Yeah. So, you know, did she really know how to read? Probably. You know, like maybe Ben Carson might have exaggerated a little bit about her, his mom being totally illiterate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think that's a possibility. I, I think she had to have known something because you don't raise a rocket scientist and the world's greatest surgeon <laughs> and being dumb as rocks. I, I, that's just not I genetically think, possible. I think, I think, but here's, here's an interesting thing that we, we have to talk about too, right? Because there's, there's education and then there's knowledge. So having a third yeah. grade education is just like, you know, okay. But she knew a lot about textiles. Yeah, so, so, so it had to have known something. Yeah, and I know people who are PhDs who are dumb as rocks. So the, the God, standard, like almost everybody. <laughs> I think ninety percent of everybody with PhDs is dumb as rocks. It's like, dude, do you even know how to tie your shoes with that PhD? I don't know. It, it's it's <laughs> these doctors, and it's <laughs> how stupid they are. Yeah, but on that note, but going back to reparations here's the thing i honestly do not believe that these guys know that their inheritance was stolen from them 
Mm. The, and then death tax. Black people had a 100% death tax levied on them in 1913. Uncle Sam takes everything. Yeah. After your parents died, guess what? You have nothing. You know, and, and that's, that was unfair. That was actually unique to blacks. And that happened. But black people never talk about that. They never talk about how the government stole their money. Mm. And, you know, it, it's, that's wrong. And how does Larry Elders not know that? I don't know. You know, I, I, because yeah. um, well, maybe he came from a family that well, was... his story of- is unique. If you listen to his story about him, his relationship with his father, I think that that's the case because... I don't know. Just tell me real quick because I don't want to well, guess. <laughs> his father grew up in the Jim Crow South, right? And made it through just the craziest of times, working hard, you know, actually dealing with real discrimination and racism. And um, he had a fight with his father and he didn't speak to his father for about 10 years or whatever. And then he, when he went and confronted his father, finally, as an, as a young man, like he literally walked out at 15, didn't talk to his father for 10 Mm -hmm. years. His father's story was because, you know, he had to deal with a lot of stuff. And the, the, the big arc of this was not because of a byproduct of racism, but you just have to work with what you got. So I think that that's what is instilled in Larry Elder. And that's not a bad thing. So what did but his it's, dad it's not, do, though? Huh? What did his dad do? Uh, he was a cook, restaurateur. But he, like, basically couldn't get work, right? Was high, but was, his dad was poor. That was, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was poor. Okay. Yeah. So, but here's my point. See, Larry Elder's, see, because his past doesn't matter. Larry Elder's, just like Ben Carson, Thomas Sowell, they are people who made it not through entrepreneurial uh, endeavors. They didn't. They were educated people, self-educated. I see where you're going with this. And, yeah. and that's the thing. It, it's uh, people, not all people can go to school. People make money through businesses, through capital. And if you have no capital, you'll never be a threat. People who are in the field of education will never ever make money and be a threat to the people in power only through capitalism through capitalistic businesses will you ever thrive and then you can be a threat you know there hasn't been a black threat in this country to the political structure to the powers that be everybody coming out of harvard princeton yale whatever all the progressives in power today the only real threat who was black was Sarah Breelove and, and her people, you yeah. know, like her, her, the people who funded her, the people who were like her. That was the last time there was a real threat to the economic powers of the progressive elites was Sarah Breelove, the people of that ilk, because they did it through entrepreneurship. They were richer than, than Bill Gates at the time. Yeah. That's how much money, I mean, think about it. Adjusted um, for inflation. Yeah. Well, uh, she was a multi, multi-millionaire. Yeah. And, you know, and in that time, in 1895, 1902, when property was literally pennies, you could buy a nice old house for a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like and she a had big, millions of dollars. She had millions of dollars. She was driving convertible cars. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's how rich she was. 
this whole thing about all oh, women's rights, women couldn't drive. Why in the hell is she buying convertible cars, driving them around if women couldn't drive? Women, w- women could vote. Let, let's just get that straight. People well, who are listening. Black to women could vote because they had money. I don't know about white women, but black women could. Because, you know, all these white women were complaining. It's like, well, you guys aren't working and because you guys don't have what it skills. takes. They don't have skills either. Yeah, they didn't know anything about textiles. They didn't know how to work. Like, seriously, that was a big reason why we took California. We wanted California and we took it unpeacefully because they knew how to work in textiles. Like they knew how to work. When I say textiles, you know, like with leather. You know, they knew how to kill a cow, make shoes out of that. Black people knew how to do that. Yeah. Whites and Chinese knew how to do that in California. Seriously, Chinese people knew how to do that. <laughs> That's why they wanted California, because they didn't want to deal with blacks. They didn't. And they knew, okay, so when California was coming about, everybody saw the future. They seen how blacks were going to dominate everything. So what did they want? They wanted Texas. They wanted California, especially California, because California was where a lot of white people or white looking people like Asians, you know, because they're really white. Lighter skinned. Yeah. Yeah. Chinese are pretty white. You know what I mean? It's like not all Chinese because you go to China, this is all kinds of dark. But uh, but anyway, but a lot of these Chinese are are very pale. Yeah. And uh, so they wanted California really bad for what California was capable of doing. They knew how to, you know, they knew about agriculture. They knew about textiles. They knew it because, come on, you really think cattle ranchers were selling a whole bunch of beef? It wasn't like that in the old days because the meat would get spoiled. It was all about leather. (laughs) <laughs> making shoes that's what that's what uh that's what the chinese people knew how to do they knew you know just like with their silks you know silks so, leather, yeah they cotton. knew how to make shoes they knew how to make hats they knew, they how, knew how to make, to make boots jeans. yeah they jeans. make jeans too like everything black people can do chinese can do it too as well so they really wanted california they took california right before the civil war and uh and why because they knew slavery was going to end. They were preparing for the end of slavery. And uh, so, again, that's why blacks succeeded. But, it, but reparations is really owed for Jim Crow. It had nothing to do with slavery. Because, again, we all, not we all, but <laughs> black people, a good, a good, a good number of blacks yeah. were millionaires in a time when a million dollars was worth like 50 billion bucks, there was tons of blacks who were multi, multi-millionaires. They were rubbing elbows with, with the richest people in this country. You know, J.P. Morgan wasn't a joke. He was, I, I don't know if he was the richest man, but man, he was super rich. He was so rich, he was funding Tesla's crazy experiments way back in the day. Yeah. Because Tesla was going to give free energy to everybody. and Well, that was his claim, but it didn't work out that way. Oh, well, technically it did work, but... Uh, smaller scale, though, with the... Well, in a small scale, small but, scale and, and yeah. he never got the... Because he wasn't up front with yeah. uh, J.P. Morgan. If he would have been up front with J.P. Morgan, I believe J.P. Morgan would have funded it. But since he lied, it was like, dude, you lied to me. 
And it was just, a, you know, but it's the truth. Here, but think about this. Tesla, a white guy, was lying to J.P. Morgan, and he just started, he was really funding more and more black people than he was whites because whites tended to lie where blacks were more honest. And that's why J.P. Morgan made so much cash because he was like, F this Tesla, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he's crazy with his stuff, but he hasn't made me a dime and he's lied to me about it. And then... And I- and a lot of the, the steel workers too, as, as opposed to banks, but a lot of the steel workers who also were people who owned steel and were building railroads, guess who they went for laborers? They went to the yeah, Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. But see, but that's the thing. It's like, and see, and at that time, steel hasn't taken off as much as making leather shoes has taken off. You know, right, right. they were really, dude, they wanted the Chinese bad. <laughs> they really did because they learned how to work. From leather to textiles, I mean, uh, to to steel. Yeah, building uh, the railroads. Yeah, how to actually really quick. Yeah, because uh, they knew how to work with iron, steel, all kinds of stuff, and they were quick to learn. But then blacks were like, "Dude, if you guys ain't gonna pay me, you know, because we're done being slaves." But it's the truth. They yeah. went from blacks to Chinese real quick, and uh, but that's why yeah, it's so weird because California actually had a law that said Chinese couldn't work. Yeah, at one point. But you can enslave them, but you couldn't pay them as employees. <laughs> that was California law. But but see, here's the thing about the laws, though. And I also know this from anecdotal perspective. Dude, everybody just kind of did it anyways. Like, yeah. you were not allowed to do that. But like, this is even my family. Like, Chinese people lending money to black people all the time and vice versa. Like, that happened. That happened in a lot of those segregated neighborhoods of even San Francisco and LA. Like we're talking a hundred years ago where Chinatowns were a real thing, right? Like, okay, you can't work and you can only operate in this little district, but dude, people were doing deals like no, with but, each but other all the time. That's how you got around the minimum wage laws Yeah, at that time. Cause minimum wage started in 1913, but that's how it works. You don't, you, you everybody was pretty much a contractor. So it wasn't really like a loan. They would front you money so you could do your little thing and then you pay them back. You know, and I guess that is a loan, but, <laughs> but it's more like of a hustle than a real actual yeah, loan. It, it, like it was an IOU. Like it's just kind of like do this for me. And then well, it was like a handshake, a yeah. handshake deal based on if they liked them or not. It's like, yeah, I can trust you. And if not, then you're going to be, you know, up, uh, up a creek of, or something yeah. oh yeah or hanging by a rope up in a tree yeah no but like, i'm serious I'm, that's, that's what would happen that's how they used to deal Wait, with see, here's the thing that that's what happens and that's why you need that because okay i don't say i'm not saying you need that but think about this right <laughs> if people knew that they didn't get their money back that they would send bookies after you to go like hang you or like threaten you like yeah. that's how it was done in the old days that's why people got stuff done because it's like dude if you messes with my money and he made like i'm just gonna go after him i'm gonna get on my horse and then like go to his house and be like step out of your house right now i got the sheriff with me like that's how it was done it was done like that yeah no but what's funny is my friend is still a bookie to this day (laughs) he's a chinese bookie you know he's uh i mean he has a legitimate business but he makes his money being a bookie (laughs) <laughs> but to this day and it's funny because i'm thinking you know it's not really necessary to be a bookie these days but you know people are how they are they're just they're really old school 
you know, and uh, it's funny to see because I, I like it. I honestly believe that's how life should be. Uh, I believe we should get rid of the welfare programs. And, you won't and, have you won't have the people that are locked up for not being able to pay a fine. You see what I mean? Because like we talk about the whole Wild West thing and self-preservation and enforcement of laws at the state and local level. That's why at that time in the late 19th century, it worked, right? If you didn't settle your disputes between people like that, whether it was over money or property or whatever, then the next thing would be you go get the sheriff, right? Yeah. And the sheriff would come with you. He'd have his six shooter on him. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's true. But, you know, in the old days, they would whoop you, you know, or, or you know, whatever but in the public. Pull, no, but they would pull you out of, the, out of your house and you'd be made an example of. Yeah, and you wouldn't do that again. Like that's just how it works. It's just old fashioned, but you know, then your town was kind of in harmony. Everybody knew each other. You trusted each other. It's just kind of like, dude, if you come to our town and you start acting up, it's like we're gonna make an example of you. That's just how it works. But you know, I don't know what's funny is that actually really did work. Yeah. Like you know, I would, I would rather see somebody get whooped. You know, like with the real lashing whatever they used to do like those bull whips and uh then then have them go to jail it makes no sense look a bull whip only costs like you can get a good one like a real effective one that'll last like 20 years like maybe <laughs> 50 bucks you invest in 50 bucks pay the sheriff to start you know whipping people who don't know you know what i mean and uh and then they have to make some kind of payments to the guy they owe money to or the guy who they wronged or whatever you know, something, something is anything would be better than what we have today when it's a real industry. Prison is an industry. The courts is an industry. This right. administrative process is an industry. industry. And they all make money off of you. To no, fund. but parking tickets. Think about it. Dude, what I just paid one. Yeah. Paid for parking. It makes no sense. Where does this money go to? It doesn't go on proving the land. Doesn't like the roads in California are a joke in the yeah. cities. Come on, it, it doesn't make any sense. Education doesn't go to paying teachers. Teachers don't make any money. Cops don't make any money. Seriously, you're, risk, you're a cop. You're risking your life for 100 grand a year. You know what I mean? And they're not in student debt because it doesn't cost any money to go to a community college. So it doesn't make any sense. This whole entire system is a joke. Uh, uh, so what's the, what's the solution? Well. You start by giving back all the money stolen by black people because it's the blacks who are committing most of the crimes. It's the truth. And they do it out of necessity. They don't do it because they're inherently bad people. Yeah. You know, I mean, shoot. I got poverty in those neighborhoods. Your crime is obviously going to be higher. So, Well, look, as far as moral character, I still, minus the Asian people, there's, I, I believe there's more blacks in churches than whites. Even though they're the minority, uh, because I, I do believe there's way more Asians in churches than there are blacks, but that's because of sheer numbers. But but I do know there's more blacks in churches than whites, mm -hmm. and and that's the thing that's crazy. So it's 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 not that they're morally bankrupt. It's just that when you're desperate, you do what it's necessary to, uh, you know, to go ahead and 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 you know, provide for your family. Yeah. And, and this has to stop. Welfare is a failed experiment. 
but it wasn't an experiment. It was done purposely because they're a bunch of racists. But on that note, you still have to believe that if you give somebody capital to yeah. start their own business, it's, this is not UBI. This is not, this is owed to black people because right. they literally stole their money. And that's what makes them unique. Cause even, even Chinese people didn't go through this. Uh, their taxes, they were never taxed to death as the way black people were. And uh, which is like taxed to death, which is really funny because it's true. Even in death, they got taxed at a hundred percent. How do you steal somebody's, you know, and that was actually, cause here's, you know, what was really bizarre when the Netherlands came and they had like some, like whether it was New York or Virginia, I forgot where, but the Netherlands had slaves. Right. They brought slaves over, you know, the Dutch people. So they brought slaves and they were losing a war with the native Americans, with the Indians. And they made a deal and the black, you know, the slaves weren't fighting. They're like, F this, I ain't fighting. You know what I mean? <laughs> they made a deal. The Dutch made a deal with the, uh, with the blacks is, Hey, look, you help us and you guys will be free and you guys can live with us, free people. And that's what happened. Black people were successful, you know, side by side with the Dutch, whatever they were passing along their wealth with their, um, you know, to their kids or whatever. But when the settlers first came, uh, they ended that. They ended that law, like they ended that practice, and the the British go, nope, black people cannot pass along their inheritance. That there's, you know, they they put an end to that. So they didn't enslave the blacks that were already there, but they stopped them from passing along their land to other blacks. Mm. And uh, and and you know, it's just something that kind of always existed. And Woodrow Wilson brought it back. That's what he did. That practice ended after the Civil War, and it was restarted in 1913. And because of that, we had no land. We had nothing. We are owed that money back. How, what are we going to do? Really depend on welfare? That's, that's the same example that, that Peter Judge wants to do. Mm-hmm. With uh, Peter Judge wants us to <laughs> wants all the Amazon employees not to take the sixteen thousand dollars, which is a pretty significant amount of money, just to start a quote unquote delivery system. That's real easy to do as an independent contractor. It's easy to do. Mm-hmm. You can make a lot of money doing. You can actually employ your own people. Right. You really could with that sixteen grand because sixteen grand is 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 a pretty is a pretty penny it really that's a lot of money to deliver things you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like come on how much does it cost to really deliver newspapers it's just like delivering newspapers it's not that hard mm-hmm. anybody can do it you know what i mean it's like as long as you can read numbers like seriously a business like that you don't need to be educated just know how to count to 10 you know <laughs> if you know how to count to 10 and know the numbers oh go to one four, five main street. As long as you have a basic understanding of the language and of numbers, you could be very successful with your delivery service. Right. Uh, you know, and, um, if anything, it'll create a lot of competition where delivery is going to be really cheap. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the innovation there that, but with sheer volume, they're going to make tons of money. 
because there's a company called Pacific Cheese Company. Their margin is 0.05%. So it's not even 1% margin. It's really low. But because they sell billions of dollars in cheese, yeah, they make tons of money. You know, right. even with that, because a 0.05 is still a lot of money. So, but then everybody makes good money, da, 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 da. But that's the thing with sheer volume. Mm-hmm. You can pay a lot of people a lot of money and uh, still make money yourself. I mean, the owners of Pacific Cheese, they're not like billionaires or nothing like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, they live comfortably. <laughs> they do. They live comfortably based on that. So, and it's the same principle with this whole notion of, of, um, of uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson you know, erasing him from history is why we don't see reparations today. Why everybody's against independent contractors because everybody believes independent contractors is, Oh my God, that's the end of the world. But no, what do you think slaves were when slavery ended? They all became quote unquote self-employed. That's where people feel like for a lot of people who are looking to get out of the W2 life, that's usually the logical next step, right? Is they always find a way to just be basically in exchange for your services. That's why being self-employed is so contingent on quote unquote, having a skill, not just fulfilling time with whatever labor you're doing. It's like you actually need a skill to be self-employed, right? Yeah. Because you're solely being paid for a service that you're providing. And I think that that's, but if you think about it, that's exactly what progressives want to mandate against because also just look at the, Look at look at what happens when you're self-employed, right? Not even just from a, a government standpoint, capital, but you don't you don't pay payroll taxes. You don't yeah, pay social security, <laughs> and that's what they want. Think about it, right? So it's like yep. no wonder he, him, and Andrew Yang don't want this kind of stuff because government's going to get less money. The more and more people become self-employed, the less taxation they will be. The reason why a lot of W two employees don't seem to lodge a protest is because. All that stuff gets withheld from your paycheck before you even know it. Can you imagine that if you got paid your certain amount, right? Your gross amount a month. And and literally, <clears throat> there was a guy from the IRS at your company every month just basically saying, okay, now give me that check. I'm going to cut it in half. Like, you'd lose your mind. But yeah. that's not how it works. The way they set it up is that they withhold it so you don't even see it. And that's yeah. part of the psychology of it. But if you're self-employed, you got no choice but to pay attention to these things because guess what? Either you pay your taxes or you don't. You get audited and then you get screwed. So you, you got know no- what else they do? What? When you're self-employed, you look for tax write-offs and you're very careful you about become, everything. Yes, you become more of an authority and you use the U.S. federal tax code to your advantage. That's what I was talking to Kim Iverson about. I'm like- that's, that's just how it works. Like, it's because when you are an employee and all that is taken care of, you don't know any better. It's just another way of not being educated. It's another way of not thinking for yourself because it's taken care of, right? When I was a W-2 employee, it, it wasn't because I was stupid. It's because somebody else did it for me. The employer does it for you. So when you, when you pay all this, these taxes, you don't even question it because you just get your net pay at the end of the year or at the end of every two weeks or whatever. And you're like, oh, all right, whatever. But you, know what, it, you know what saying applies to that? Out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's insane, but that's yeah. the truth. That's, you hit it on the head. That's how you they get it. you. That's why when I just became self-employed the last five months, it's just like, 
oh man, like all this stuff you got to be aware of. And it's like, I don't pay, like I don't pay into social security now. You don't, when you're self-employed, you don't pay into social security. No, but, and guess what? You're not going to need it. When you're 62, you're not going to need it. And even if you did need it, I bet you money, you will have enough skills. You will have money. Yeah. Let's say you're flat broke at 62. You are going to have enough skills in your brain to still generate revenue and get back all the money you need for retirement by the time you're 65 or 67. And a lot of people will say this, well, no, not everybody can do that. It's like, well, no, yes, everybody can do that. And the perfect example is what happened after slavery. You had an entire race of, you know, white soldiers. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. That's, that's a bad example. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, no, blacks. Blacks, after slavery, even after being oppressed and even after all the things they went through, somehow, someway managed to generate enough revenue to take care of themselves without Social Security because they had a bunch of skills that translated to money. Now, the white soldiers, unfortunately, didn't have any skills because killing ain't like a real thing. You know what I mean? No, but it's not like a real job that you can. No. And this was before VA. This is before the government, the military could employ you. It's just like you were screwed when you got back and you lost a leg. It's like, but think about this. and, And the car industry is a perfect example. The reason why whites were paid so poorly in the car industry and they needed to unionize is because blacks were paid more. And because the jobs that whites were doing were so remedial, they were paid very little money. And it was, you know, generally speaking, it was the blacks who were the, the, you know, getting a lot of the top supervising positions because they were the ones more familiar with mechanics. Yeah. You know, with, with working with interchangeable parts and, 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 uh, but unfortunately for white people at that time, they didn't really have that entrepreneur spirit. They just did it. So they were just like, they were just a bunch of cogs. But, but think about this though. That happened because of just what happens to you. Think about it, right? Yeah. You got nothing. You got nothing and you just got to figure out a way to make money. It breeds into the spirit of it. But so you like, know, but it's crazy though. If you really look at the history of the labor unions, it was just one big racist organization. Just was. And, and, but that's the thing. I don't know how Larry Elders, Ben Carson, Sowell, all of these guys, Terrence, Clarence Thomas, how do these guys not know this? They do know it, but I, think, I don't think they are advocating of that, especially when you're in a political space where it's like, clearly it's not really going to happen. So it's just easier to tell people that maybe you don't have to do this. I, that's my theory. Well, but here's my thing. I honestly believe you have to abolish, and these guys are men of God, supposedly, right? Not Maybe all of them, Sowell but... might be the only one who's not. I don't know. I just assume he's an atheist. <laughs> he might, but I believe Larry Elders is is a Christian dude, right? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know, but either. But I know Ben Carson is. Ben Carson is, yeah. But my thing is like this, uh, and I honestly believe this. I do not understand how these guys don't know this. If they're really Christian or believers of God, why would they believe that the government should take care of the social well-being of the people? 
That's not their role. The role of the government is not to take care of, not to provide charity. That's not their job. Their job originally was just to, you know, regulate trade and, and take care of uh, the military. Right. That was basically it. You know what I mean? Maybe settle disputes. I don't know. That's why you have a court. But I, there was, the, the government is very limited. So, you know, things like orphanages, things like that, that's the role of the churches. And if these guys are all men of God, how do they not know that and uh, would allow for social services to even exist? Because look, and I say this, I don't believe in getting reparations and social services. It's either one or the other. Either you okay. give us reparations yeah. or you continue with this massive, massive welfare state. And, and look, everybody's not owed reparations, only blacks. Everybody's not owed. Like, I honestly don't know why there's so many Mexicans on welfare or Chinese. I don't get it. Why are they on welfare? It doesn't make any sense, especially when they're able-bodied. They are able-bodied individuals. How can anybody advocate for that? That's insane. If you could work and you got half a mind, you don't even need a full mind, just a half a mind. You should be able to work. Yeah. And the thing is, come on, I know I'm right. Like deep down inside, I, I can't even think, well, I could, oh no, I can't, I cannot think of any, like when I look deep, deep inside, I, I look, how could reparations go wrong? I can't think of any reasons. Even if a dude smokes it all away on crack, oh well, that's on him. That's on him and he's not getting any more benefits. Yep, that's, after that. that's how it works. Okay. Yeah. That's, and, but, and I believe every prisoner, uh, Every guy in prison deserves that 250. Everybody deserves a 250. Why? Because our, you know, people don't realize our land. It wasn't just about money. They, of course, they taxed our money, but they took our land. Mm. And that's, that's insane. Like, imagine the lands that we had in California and how much that land is really worth today. You know what mm. I mean? How many blacks were, were like that guy in Oakland, the baker in Oakland? Some bakery in Oakland, black, uh, and a guy with a tire shop, some black dude. He owned his own tire shop. He was gentrified out of California through CARD, California Air Resources Board. This is a perfect example of what the administrative process does. In California, it's really hard to be black and a businessman because the Air Resources Board, in the name of saving the environment, will attack black businesses. This one, you know, black business, they couldn't buy, uh, what are those carbon taxes? And I guess they're emitting too much yeast into the air, whatever, from baked goods, you know. No, and he couldn't compete. He couldn't compete with Mother's, you know, Mother's Bakery, like the big corporation, you know, out of Oakland. They couldn't compete with Mother's. They couldn't. He went out of business. The guy with the tire shop, another Oakland-based business, dude was there forever. But he couldn't pay the the fees mandated by California. Those fees are extremely high. Mm. And, uh, you know, and you have to be a big boy in order to compete, whether you're Costco, Walmart, or, or you know, the other, you know, tire companies, you know, that have their own. Because uh, even tire companies don't sell tires anymore. It's only the big boys. You know, like Walmart or Costco, people like that can sell tires. But if you're an independent tire shop, you know, trying to sell your Firestones, you went out of business too because you had, there was no, you couldn't make money any other way. 
So that's how business is in California. The administrative process is just another way to do theft on people because taxation alone is not enough. It's kind of like, like I said earlier about tithes and offerings, Mm -hmm. because obviously tithes isn't enough to sustain stuff. So you got to make offerings, I guess. And it's the same thing, but instead of it to do good, it's to do evil. That's how I see the government as one big giant evil entity. Yeah. So that's why they do that. So the California Air Resources Board, their entire, uh, their entire means for existing or their entire reason for existing is to destroy businesses, is to tax business people unfairly in California. And if you're penalized, there, you're not being heard. This is not even heard in front of an administrative law judge. This is just heard in front of them, the people appointed. They're not elected. They're appointed by the governor or whoever. To sit, and usually these are just old politicians like Peralta, Don Peralta. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, this dude is so evil and so corrupt. All the fines, he funnels all the fines into his own pocket. Of and course he does. Community college. He has his own college, Peralta Community College, <laughs> you know, funded by, by uh, you know, by whatever, uh, the, fi- the, 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 fines the fines that he's able to impose on people. It's a joke. Everything is a big laughing joke. that these- I'm, w- I'm willing to bet, right, that if I just dress the part like, like a government official and I just went door to door, and was just like, hey, your car, there's a new mandate here. I show them a bunch of paperwork they don't understand. Of, as, of something about like, oh, your car can't be out in the driveway or something. I'm willing to bet I could find a bunch of people like a hundred bucks and they wouldn't even know. And then you just yes. knock on like 200 doors a day, probably make like two grand in just one day. I'm sitting <laughs> 20 people conversion rate. I'm serious. But hey, that, that's- I'm not kidding you. You'd be able to do it. They would not fight back. They would not fight because people don't know their rights. <laughs> All you got to do is get yourself a fake little badge, you know, like just, just uh, get a I wouldn't actually badge. do it. But what I'm saying is. No, but I'll tell you how to do it. You just get a fake California state of ID badge and make it look, you know, somewhat official. Say that's your work. Dude, just make a fake California Air Resources Board. Say, hey, look, I'm from the California Air Resources Board and uh, I'm going to have to give you this penalty, you know, and it's going to be like 250 but if you can pay $100 now, I'll just look the other way. And I guarantee you 99% of the people will do it. One person might go, well, you know, let me just look it up. And they'll still be willing to, to pay the fine. <laughs> but, you know, they want to make sure that they're not being bamboozled by you, which is so stupid. You know what I mean? 100% will pay these fines. But 99% will pay the 100 bucks, and 1% will verify to make sure that they have to pay the fine. See, nobody wants to fight these fines. Nobody ever takes it to court. Nobody has ever challenged the authority of the California Air Resources Board. Or maybe they have, but I'm just unaware of it. Yeah. But if you know anything about California, how to do business in California, the biggest problem you're de- going to deal with is the administrative process. And... You know, like if like uh, we talked about nightclubs before, you know, the the um, it's called ABC, the California Alcohol Beverage Control Agency. Yeah. These guys can levy fines on you just like the way the California Air Resources Boards can. Yeah. It, it's all arbitrary. It's hard to fight. Um, 
And well, at least through ABC, it's easier to fight. You can actually sit in front of a judge because a lot of it's criminal. So, right. you know, you're lucky. And uh, well, I mean, I guess you're not lucky, but you know, if you ever had to sit in front of a judge, <laughs> you're not lucky. But but you get what I'm saying. At least there's a means to fight this, this mm -hmm. injustice. But you can't fight a, a, a lot of California's um, administrative processes in order to do business in California. You cannot fight it. It's just a part of doing business in California. Well, and that's so, unfortunate. Yeah. And that is real slavery. Not, not what Amazon is doing. Not what Thomas Jefferson did. You know what I mean? That's all BS. You know, and Peter Jensch knows this. He's educated enough to know that that is not slavery. It's not even remotely like has, you know, that's not going to, okay, here's my question to you just out of, as an opinion, because this will probably help clarify my thoughts. What is the purpose of bringing up Thomas Jefferson as a slave owner? What's the purpose of that? to detract from who is solely to blame for any kind of modern day problems that are facing certain communities. It's to deviate away from who's actually responsible. That's all it is. It's a smokescreen. doesn't mean anything. See, and, and that's my point. Why do they do it? Like, what is the purpose of doing it? They create a smokescreen, but for what purpose? So they can advance their agenda so they can and enslave you instead that's the whole point they're enslaving see everybody mm -hmm. in california is already a slave yeah if you're oh, not yeah. sovereign if you're not a sovereign minded person you are a slave to the state and peter judge wants to enslave the entire country that's the why the how is what you just said you know create a smoke screen da 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 da, da. but the why is to enslave the state. You accuse all these people of slavery. Oh, they're such a bad person. Uh, slavery, 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 well, slavery. White people are effectively, at least some of these white people are effectively already in that brainwashed stage where they feel like they are responsible for a lot of the problems in this country. And what I'm saying is, regardless of whether that's true or not, it's just the fact that a lot of white people are already thinking like that. Yeah. So clearly the progressive agenda is leaking into the, the American white liberal class in a way where, dude, you got all these ridiculous, like you go to a Black Lives Matter type thing, right? It's like all these white liberals, all these brainwashed, yeah, and all these anti-fascists, <laughs> all white people. It's like you guys are brainwashed. And guess where they all are? They're in Oregon, Washington State, California, New York. It's like you're not going to find that here because it's just people know better. I mean, as of right now, progressive strongholds, right, haven't really taken their spots. They haven't really had their grips in places like Arizona, Alabama, Ohio. Oh, that's you know. good. Slowly no, but seriously. surely. Yeah, no, it's true. So anyways, do you have any final thoughts? Because I know you got a big meeting in front of you. Oh, I foreshadowing know. I gotta, get, for I gotta go now, actually. But no, but I, you know, because it like just thinking about this really yeah. disappoints me about black conservatives or just conservatives in general. Because okay. everybody really should like understand the importance of reparations, why we need capital. And we have to get off this welfare state. Like, you know, like, I honestly believe this. Without knowing much about the Bible, I honestly believe 
if we get reparations, give it to black people and end all of social programs, I guarantee you the church will be rebuilt in this country because it, you have to, because I, I get it. A lot of people believe the Catholic, I mean, look, I know that the Catholic church was the one responsible saying the earth was flat <laughs> and stopping science. No, I'm not kidding. It's just the truth. It's, it's just one of those weird things. But on that note, a lot of things that the church did was good, like education, and they didn't stop science altogether. They just limited it to whatever. Right. But my thing is, I believe that through reparations, everybody will be forced to start giving to the church. So the church, because look, they're not paying taxes and they should run the orphanages. They should run the hospitals. They should run because they, and the, the Catholic church still runs a lot of hospitals, mm -hmm. a lot of hospitals. And some of the best hospitals to this day in this country are all Catholic churches, you know, whether it's St. Mary's or whatever church, uh, I mean, uh, a hospital mm -hmm. the thing is they can run you know they can do it because they got the money but when all the churches like baptist churches or whatever type of churches there are when they start doing the same thing as well running orphanages uh, orphanages schools i'm telling you, this country is going to be way better way better and because well said, yeah. you know no one's gonna like because dude the worst feeling is paying taxes, just knowing you're gonna, especially here in San Francisco, you're literally giving money away so people can literally, and I mean literally, none of this stuff is metaphorically speaking. People literally defecate in the streets and cover it with a dirty shirt. And then so cars are just running over it and just smells. Yeah. No, seriously, if you go right outside from where I'm at, literally, just literally open the gate, you will smell the stench of shit. <laughs> That's all you smell. This is all literal. It's that bad in San Francisco. It is. It is. It's a cesspool. And literally. It's a literal your, cesspool. My taxes are paying for needles and for people defecating on the streets. And this, this has to stop. Reparations can end all of this. Because even if they, even if every black person, because look, the majority in San Francisco, the homeless are black, a lot of them. Yeah. And, uh, but I don't know who's pooping in the streets, but I'm assuming it's both white and black. But if you, if these blacks are able to just buy a property and, and just, you know, somehow manage themselves mm -hmm. with a little bit of, you know, going to church or whatever, getting help from church leaders or whatever, I'm telling you, it will change. Everything will change. Everything will change because when black people are given opportunity to start businesses, they're creative. Trust me. They, they're the ones that created all this mess about why in California, uh, the law is you can only get $250,000 for medical malpractice mm -hmm. <laughs> because you know, blacks are, they know how to work the system. Yeah. They do. So, with that same ingenuity, oh, they'll start all kinds of businesses, all kinds, and they will give. They will do their tithing offerings. And because they know, everybody knows, they see somebody on crack or a crack baby, they'll give money to that church to help that kid. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, people still give money to churches. That's how mega churches are mega, because people really do give. 
You know what I mean? So, but, and I believe if, if once people start to become like the way churches are meant to be, like how it used to be in the old days, I think everything's going to be fine. Mm. And, uh, you well know. Said. Yeah. But who knows? But either way, that, those are my final thoughts. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I think that, you know, this is a continued discussion. You're right about conservatism. And that's something we're going to continue to dive in further on the show. But I know you got to get running. So, guys, thank you for tuning in to the American Made and Paid show, episode number 31. Isn't that crazy? We're one third <laughs> to like 100, which is crazy. Know, By then, we'll be in a new space. It'll probably be epic and it'll be live. So, stay tuned, guys, because. The show's not going to stay forever in audio podcast format like this. We got big plans, so stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Take care.